Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. To the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on November 23rd, Tuesday, the day before the Hawks hit the road to take on the San Antonio Spurs. And it's a new dawn for the network, as you heard. Sports Ethos, we have rebranded here. Sports Ethos will cover all sports, including betting, fantasy sports, and more. So please check us out to see what sports interests can we fulfill for you. And hopefully you get fulfilled here with the team coverage of the Atlanta Hawks, as you always have. We're not changing. We ain't never going to stop. And speaking of getting full. Happy Thanksgiving week to everyone. I'm so thankful for this network, for you all listeners, my family, friends, and I know we all are thankful for this five-game winning streak that the Atlanta Hawks are on right now. Hawks have now the best home record in the East and the second best record at home in the NBA. They swept this homestand to get back to 500. Like I said, with a matchup tomorrow night, their first one on the road in five games versus the San Antonio Spurs. We will talk about the winning streak, players continuing to improve what the team is doing right right now and cover the last couple of games before tomorrow's matchup versus the Spurs after this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% Deposit match bonus, 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. This five-game winning streak and then seeing us lose six straight before has a lot of people pondering, what was real? Was it the six-game losing streak or was it the winning streak? Heck, in the NBA, it's hard to win games. Both are very possible for any team. 
any team is capable of losing six straight and winning five straight. But I think the winning streak for the Hawks is real. The Hawks' current five-game winning streak is their second longest winning streak in the last five years. Their longest was obviously the eight-game winning streak last year. And certainly, I think they will make it six tonight versus the Spurs. Obviously, the Spurs are well-coached team. They play hard or tough, but they're on hard times right now without a star on that roster. I'll talk about that a little later in the program. But a few weeks ago, the sky was falling. The Hawks were looking bad, real bad. People were jumping off the bandwagon, but quietly, as obviously none of the national media are going to be talking about this. Obviously, the Suns out west are in a 12, 13-game winning streak right now, so they're taking the cake right now, certainly. But here are the Hawks, slowly climbing up the standings after being five games below 500. They're now right outside a playing spot with more winnable games coming up. The Hawks could, and I think they will, make a surge in the Hawks sure do love playing at home. Numbers do not lie. We talked about that. But they have to win on the road. As right now, they're 1-8 on the road this year. Second worst record in the NBA on the road. And to turn the tide on the road, it starts tonight. It's not a long road trip. They take it a game at a time. They got the Spurs on the road, and they travel up to Memphis to take on a John Morant-led Grizzlies team who, who is playing at an all-star level. They have a healthy Jaron Jackson Jr. He's been looking good. Dylan Brooks is back. You know, he's a two-way player. Desmond Bain, one of my favorite players in the league, has been playing great for the Grizzlies. And that game will be a fun one to watch. But certainly, I think the Hawks can win these next two games before coming back home to take on their new conference rival, the New York Knicks, which you know will be a hard physical contest because the Knicks feel a little jaded about getting knocked out of the playoffs. And I told everybody they were going to get knocked out of the playoffs. But they're going to feel good about beating the Lakers at home. So we'll see. We'll see what the Knicks are going to do. But we're focused on the Spurs. This Spurs game, record-wise, when you look at the Spurs record, fans may overlook this game, think this a win. But... This is a very, very important juncture in the season, in my opinion. If they can start to build momentum and confidence as far as playing on the road tonight, establish good habits on the road tonight to kind of right the wrongs that they have had in a very tough stretch on the road. They've had some bad breaks on the road. Injuries, going against some really tough opponents. I get that. But you're going to have to win on the road in the playoffs. You're going to have to win on the road late in the season to establish yourself as far as standings in the Eastern Conference. So why not start now? If they can build this momentum and confidence on the road and start winning games on the road, this team will be back in the top five in the East in no time. So six-game losing streak to a five-game winning streak. What has changed? The big thing, in my opinion, there are three things that stand out. Ball movement. I always talk about the assist number on this program. They have been moving the ball, making sure everyone is getting a touch, and they're trying to find good, clean looks within the offense, which has led to them shooting in this five-game winning streak almost 51% from the floor. They're averaging 117 points per game, and they're winning by an average of 14 points per game in this winning streak. Ball movement, getting people touches, you know, moving the defense side to side, making it easier to penetrate, making it easier for people to cut to the basket, get some driving lanes going, and get some shooters open. Right now, three-point shooting 
has been great for the Hawks. They're shooting at 40% from the three-point line in its winning streak. And defensively, I mean, look no further to their third quarter dominance versus the Thunder. I know it's the Thunder, but still, they dug in because the Thunder made a surge in the second quarter. Naaman Mellon definitely got onto the team at halftime, and then they went into the third quarter focused on stopping the Thunder on the defensive end. Only gave up 11 points in that quarter and held the Thunder to 15% shooting from the floor. And then that led to good offensive possessions for the Hawks, where they obviously outscored the Thunder in that quarter, 27-11, to 11, going on to a fairly easy win in the second half. And the defense has been... They're still 27th in defensive rating in the NBA. It's going to take time for them to string several games together on the defensive end to get that number back up. But the last five games, they've held teams to 111 points or lower, which is great. And the last two things I've seen in this little streak, energy, effort, and comfort. This team looks more comfortable with each other. I know DeAndre Hunter is out. I mean, that's out of the blow. But people have truly stepped up. They're playing with more energy. They're playing with more effort. They're fighting, and they're executing a whole lot better. They don't look rushed. They don't look frantic. They look comfortable. Look comfortable in their offensive sets. They look confident in their defensive game plan, and they're going out and executing. I mean, people have pep in their step. I mean, Capella, he looked, obviously, coming off the injury, he looked a little hobbled, a little slower, not as explosive, not chasing down loose balls like he did last year. And all that stuff is changing. I'm seeing John Collins doing that. I've seen, you know, Cam Reddish do that. Capella, Trey. That energy is infectious and it's spreading to the whole team. And this team is playing the ball that we knew they could. That was the most frustrating about thing about that six-game losing streak. We knew that they could do this, but they weren't doing it. And we don't know why that was the case. There were some people calling for Nate McMillan to be fired. After this six-game winning streak, I mean losing streak, I saw the I saw the tweets. I know who you are. You had to give it time. It was still early, and now look where they are, and they have a chance to continue to build upon this thing. The last two games, um, talking about the win versus Charlotte on Saturday, held off their division rival, the Charlotte Hornets, won one fifteen one oh five behind. 52% shooting from the floor. They had six players score 15 points or more, including John Collins, Clint Capella, who had a monster game, 20 points, 15 rebounds in that contest versus Charlotte. Smaller front court in the Charlotte Hornets. You expect our front court players to step up in that matchup, especially against a divisional opponent. Trey Young had 15 points or more. Herder, Gallo, and Cam Reddish. Gallo and Reddish both off the bench, so we're getting bench production as well in this streak. Ball movement was a key in that game. They played pretty solid defense. They won the second quarter in that game. I think that's what won them the game, was winning that second quarter. Miles Bridges, who was a most improved player candidate, did go off for 35 points. LaMelo Ball did have a triple-double, but they held him to 15 points. And he was not efficient from the floor. Golden Hayward, who killed the Hawks last year in, in several contests, was only held to 11 points. And Terry Rozier who Scary Terry can definitely go off on his own right, was only held to 10 points. So great defense outside of on Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is going to do what he's going to do. Um, he's playing on a mission right now, and you got to get that young brother credit. But Hawks settled in on the defensive end and closed out that game and moved the ball, shared the ball, got everybody touches. A lot of people scored, and that's why they won that game against Charlotte. And then they took advantage of a young Thunder team couple last night, one 
113-101 here at home again. They took over defensively in the third quarter, as I mentioned, and they never looked back. Held the Thunder to 40% shooting from the floor, 26 shooting, 26% shooting from the three-point line. On the flip side, Hawks shot 41% from three above their average in his five-game winning streak. Shot 48% from the floor, moving the ball again, 25 team assists. Anytime they're 24 assists and up, Hawks typically do good things. They dominated in the fast break, and they were led by Trey Young's 30 points, six assists, and he also had five three-pointers. And I'm going to talk about Trey Young here, actually right now. Him and John Collins, in my opinion, when you look at their numbers, their efficiency, their growth in their respective games and their leadership, two different leadership styles, but them being on the court, I think that this is their best seasons of their career. Both recently extended, feel comfortable that knowing that they're going to be here in Atlanta, this is their teams. And Trey Young, in the last five games, has been playing great, 26 points per game, almost 46% shooting from the floor. Almost 43% shooting from three. That's been the biggest difference for me. His three-point shooting has been a lot better. And I think it's the ball movement and it's getting him a lot of clean, lot more cleaner looks. He's not taking as many tough three-point shots. He is getting some relatively clean three-point looks because of the ball movement. And on top of ball movement, when you talk about Trey Young being the maestro of the offense, averaging 8.4 assists per game in these last five games. So Trey has been Trey. And he, I think he's having one of the best seasons of his career being a leader scoring being efficient and really just controlling the game when you watch him play he is in control of the game when they double team him he does not get pressured he does not get frantic he knows somebody is open work the defense he finds the open guy cut to the basket score or knock down a shot he is getting better at reading defensive coverages and basically reacting to what they're giving him and that is a step up in his game. And that growth is something that Trey Young, obviously he saw that in the playoffs. He saw different teams doing different things to him. That's probably what he worked on outside of his mid-range jumper and obviously shooting in the offseason was to try to make better decisions, read defensive coverages to make sure that the best possible outcome for that offensive possession is happening because he is in control of the, of the whole thing as the primary ball handler. So I love what I've been seeing from Trey Young. John Collins, right now, he ranks first in the Eastern Conference in offensive rating. His playmaking this year is taking a step up. He's had five-plus assists in a few games in the last six games or so. So really doing a wonderful job of creating for others, especially I love that connection between him and Capella in the paint where he throws a little lobs up to Capella for the alley-oop jams. It's, like I said, he's putting in the work, and he is growing as a playmaker. He's growing on the defensive end. Five blocks the last game versus the Thunder. He is getting after it on the defensive end, and his leadership, his presence, and his consistency on his team is what I've been really impressed with John Collins. John Collins not getting as many touches as I think he should, but he's still getting his touches and he's still being very, very efficient. Obviously, talk about his offensive rating with the touches he is giving, and he has sacrificed a lot. Him and Trey Young have sacrificed a lot to make everyone else better, and it's paying off now in this stretch of games. And I hope to see it continue to pay off. The last five games, John Collins has shot almost 
shot almost 59% from the floor, scoring almost 18 points per game, grabbing almost seven rebounds a game, 2.4 blocks per game. So doing it on the glass, shooting the ball. Obviously, we know he can shoot the three ball, but getting better on the defensive end and creating for others. And Clint Capella, finally, finally healthy. He looks extremely active now. He was up for Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week. Uh, lost out to Giannis Antetokounmpo, who obviously, you know Giannis. <laughs> but Capella, who certainly was looking rough to start the year, coming off an injury, finally looks healthy. He looks comfortable. And he's a lot more active like he was last year in his last five games. The numbers don't lie. 14 points per game, 14 rebounds per game, almost 72% shooting from the floor, and a block per game. He is certainly... I'm not going to say back, but he's close to being like fully back. And I love what I've been seeing from Capella. Herter put into the starting lineup with DeAndre Hunter out. And as a starter this year, Herter is averaging 15 points per game, 60% shooting from the floor, 59% shooting from three, 2.7 assists per game. And, oh, by the way, when he starts, the team is 6-1 and one with him in the lineup. So Herter's been looking good. Reddish has been looking good off the bench. Gallo finally looks healthy. Lou Will and DeLon Wright, they've been trading off minutes, but both have been producing. The bench has been producing in this streak as well. So it just seems like this team really just came home and just got it together. And now it's time to take that road, that show on the road. You have to take it on the road. Before I talk about that, injuries real quick, a little update. DeAndre Hunter is progressing after his wrist surgery, according to GM Travis Schlenk. His cast will be removed in about two weeks, and then he's scheduled for about five more weeks of rehab. Right now, he's doing cardio, riding a bike, and I've had a wrist injury from football, and you are definitely limited in what you can do cardio-wise. They don't want you running, potentially falling with that cast on or breaking your arm. So a lot of biking, a lot of, a lot of things that you're trying to do cardio-wise to stay in shape. And staying engaged is a huge key for DeAndre Hunter. Stay engaged with his team. He's traveling with this team on his little two-game road trip, which is great to be back around the team. I know he's been, you know, recovering. And we have about seven more weeks without him, possibly. But certainly the Hawks taking a next man up approach. And he'll be glad we'll be glad to get DeAndre Hunter back. Oh, Yeko Kangu has begun practicing as well. He will play in the G League early December before returning to the NBA mid-December. So help is on the way, even though the Hawks are trending in the right direction. The next 10 games starts tomorrow night at San Antonio. Then I mentioned obviously they're gonna go on the road to the Grizzlies. They'll come back home to take on the Knicks. So next three games, Hawks certainly can win all three. You know, the Grizzlies and Knicks will be tough. They'll be fun games to watch. But after that, they go to Indiana, which I think is a winnable game. You know, Indiana's always a tough team. You know, not discrediting them, but I think they can win that game. They have a chance to get revenge against Philadelphia here at home after that matchup. And they take on Charlotte again at home after that. They're going to travel up to Minnesota, then come back home to take on Brooklyn and then Houston and then travel on the road to Orlando. So that's a very winnable 10-game stretch if you're looking at the Hawks. Yes, there's some tough contests. When you talk about Brooklyn, you got to play Charlotte again, Philly, the Knicks, Grizzlies. But if you go – I if you if they go 6-4 and four in a stretch, 
I will be pleased. If you go six and four at worst in this stretch, I will be pleased for obviously what is to come after that. But before we get ahead of ourselves, I just want to at least let you guys know what the next 10 games were before obviously focusing again on the Spurs tonight. Spurs are four and 12 right now, 13th in the West. Spurs certainly are young, do not have a superstar on their team. So they have been struggling and they're going to continue to struggle without a true superstar. And they're probably playing for a lottery pick next year. Hawks are certainly the favorite, but you cannot go in overconfident against a Greg Popovich coach team. I expect Popovich to have a scheme to frustrate the Hawks early. And the key in this game will be the third quarter, as it always is for the Hawks. That third quarter is pivotal. If the Hawks can, in the third quarter, execute, play great defense, and find clean looks, I think they pull away from the Spurs. Obviously, the Spurs, they have DeJounte Murray, who's been having a great year this year. Keon Johnson, who's another good player. You know, Jacob Poto, solid. Derek White is a scorer. You know, Vassell, uh, former Atlanta native, will look to go off against his hometown team and Lonnie Walker is certainly tough off the bench. So they got some tough young guys who are hungry trying to prove themselves in the league and try to, you know, right the ship in San Antonio. So the Hawks must not overlook this team and not even think about Memphis until this game is won. Memphis is going to have our attention soon. They're going to have our attention soon. You hear that who ball Grizz? We coming to y'all soon. We're going to come see y'all. Um, but we're focused on seeing the Spurs tonight. So, it's going to be a great, great game. I can't wait. Let's continue to do the building blocks to win games on the road, starting with the Spurs, and then we go take the show to the Grizzlies before coming back to State Farm Arena. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks, share with fellow Hawks fans, basketball enthusiasts, Georgia sports fans, it does not matter. Tell everybody about the Sports Ethos, our new revamped program covering everything in sports. Check, a, check us out on social media and on the website and follow our program at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That is E-T-H-O-S Hawks on Twitter. And follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Happy Thanksgiving again. Enjoy it with you and your loved ones. Enjoy some Hawks basketball throughout the Thanksgiving break and other basketball and football and whatever you do for your traditions. I know my Saints play on Thanksgiving night, so I'll be watching that. They're probably going to lose. It's been a tough time for me, but y'all can you know poke fun at me on Twitter. But you know what? I'm who that all the time. Um, but certainly I hope you guys remain safe. Be thankful. And we'll see you guys next episode.